This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Lincoln Shrike. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can find all the video episodes, flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast. Find us wherever you download your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Lincoln, we have a meet to recap on today's show. It was a pretty exciting thing to watch, and I realized instantly how much I had missed real live track and field when I was excited about the women's 200-meter hurdles, an event I had never seen in my <laughs> entire life. Um it uh, there were enough stars to keep me entertained the whole time, and uh, I had fun with the extracurriculars, like the cardboard cutout fans. I saw Homer Simpson at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Michael Jordan, a bunch of people with face masks Le- on. LeBron was it there. Was a- LeBron. Oh, LeBron was there. Uh, mm-hmm. I-, I feel like the arts and crafts industry in Oslo got a nice boost by the <laughs> the uh, putting on of this meet. So. All in all, I mean, it was a, it was, I think it delivered more than expected, not only with the times and, and whatnot, but uh, the the crowd shots and everything, just the the aura overall. It was a, it was a fun event. I, I, I don't even want to be cynical about it. It was fun. We can say we've seen a professional 200 meter hurdles race before. If you were to That's say true. that, you'd have to have been 70, 80 something years old or gone to a very yeah, obscure track fun. meet. Now mm-hmm. we can say we, we've done it. We wanted to do some winners and losers, your favorite way to break down a meet for the impossible games. But you seem to be in a good mood, so I'm assuming you're just going to go winner, winner, winner across the board here. But th- there's such a variety of events to choose from, a variety of angles to attack this. I'll let you go first as the veteran of this concept. Okay. Got it. Okay. Sorry. I thought you were going somewhere with, more with that. Um, can I start that with the it. loser? I just, I, I, just, I just passed the ball directly to oh, you, and 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 you, you took the ball, and you sat there for a second. But yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. Okay. 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 Yeah, I was thinking about what I was going to do. Uh, can I can I start with a loser? Is that is that fine? Because I just want to get this one out of the way so we can talk about more positive things. Uh, it's up to you. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> How sad was the whole situation in Kenya? 
that that was I just felt awful for them. Not only does it come out with Kenya's own former Olympic champion, now some would say disgraced doping suspended athlete slash now a conspiracy theorist, Asbel Kiprop. He comes out with a tweet and responding to some other tweet saying, don't lie. You know, they, they ran a 504 on Tuesday. Then there was a lap counting error or something and they had to rerun it. And it was a 503. And I thought, ah, you know, Asbel's cr credibility, it's not great, but there might be something to this. Then we watched the event and sure enough, Timothy Chariot runs 503, which is obviously blown away by Jacob Ingerbritson's 450. Uh, you felt bad for the Kenyan athletes because you have to believe yeah. they did, in fact, run this the day before because Asbel was right on. And uh, the weather was just atrocious. And obviously, the altitude was was a big impediment. And obviously, uh, guys like Elijah Managoy, not yet in shape. I mean, they just got their butts absolutely whipped by factors I think were out of their control. I don't know if they overestimated mm -hmm. the altitude that they were going to be able to compete, but it was basically no contest from the beginning. And just seeing the shots uh, of their stadium and it, and it being, you know, torrential rain and, and wind, mm -hmm. they unfortunately were, were losers of the event. I think they were never in a fair fight, but it was just funny how the whole thing went down. And it does seem like they ran it the day before. Which was weird because, you know, in Ronaldo Villani's case, they said, oh, yeah, he competed a couple of days ago and it was fine. This time, the, the the people who put on the meet tried to at least obscure the fact that the Kenyans ran a day or yeah. two before, which was kind of strange. It's like, well, wh why are we saying this is one way here and then not saying it the, uh, for this 2K? It was, it was quite interesting. Uh, but, yeah, the Kenyans had a tough go of it at the old Impossible Games. Yeah, situation out of their control. But I want to go back first just to see and, and deconstruct just how ridiculous this was. So you get an Asbel Kiprop tweet here. Spoiler alert. I mean, do not binge a Netflix show with Asbel Kiprop. He will tell you the ending yeah. when you're on episode <laughs> number four or five. And then he says there was a lap counting error. How is there a lap counting error in a 2K? Five laps. It is five laps. It is, and they're running close to or near 60 seconds you can just look for the round numbers <laughs> and then ring the bell when it's really close to four i don't know if that part of it is true maybe i thought when i saw the weather i thought oh maybe they try to do it on tuesday and the weather was really bad and they abandoned it and then they try to do it the next day and the weather was, awesome, was even worse <laughs> the norwegian squad the weather's nice the pacing is on they got the fancy wave light technology going around yeah. the track and Kenya's jumping through puddles there. I will say this. I will say this about this this event. If you're going to pull out a, a loser from this, virtual match racing, I think I'm out on after this. You think? I can okay. do it with the field, the field events. I can get down with it because you're used to taking turns. You're used to one at a time. But then they, they go split screen boxes like we are in right now. You were you know, the Norway team. I'm the Kenya team. But it's like you're squinting. You're trying to see the times. They, you need yeah. to have like – even if it was close, I don't think it would have been as interesting as they thought. I would have been fine just focusing on one thing. Inga Britson is a good enough athlete. He could carry this on its own. Yeah. Also, did we need to include a team that's at altitude? 
there's a bunch of other countries you could have included here. You would have thought they could have gotten altitude. like the Bowerman Track Club or something with, you know, three three Americans against that would have been that would have been more fun. I mean, I understand Cherry, it's the best fifteen hundred meter runner in the world and and you know, you could argue Ingebrigtsen is the second best. So maybe that was the thinking there. Um but yeah, yeah the altitude ended up to to I guess it shouldn't have been that big of a surprise. The altitude ended up being a tremendous factor, factor along with the weather. While the the Norwegians gladly cl- clicked along, they had great pacing. You know, even the pacing wasn't great. It was just the weather was just you. Could, it was just completely uh, was a a major factor, and uh, mm-hmm. it was not a major factor for the sea level folks in Bislett Stadium. Yeah, yeah, I'll give Jacob an A though. Oh my and, gosh! And, I mean, we're not. I guess we're not doing grades. We're doing just winners and yeah. losers. But it, he he knocked it out of the park. I mean, four fifty looked uh, pretty. Cl- I mean, the time the times in, in in these things don't really matter to me. He's clearly in shape. He ran that road five k just a few weeks ago. Yeah. He hasn't stopped at all for the for the pandemic year. Is he? It, I mean, he's not the best distance runner in the world because that's obviously Elliot Kipchoge, and I know it's hard to compare fifteen hundred five k guys to to marathoners. But as far as fifteen hundred five k goes, I don't. I don't think there's any debate. I think Jakob Ingebrigtsen's the best uh, two event runner and in, in distance runner in the world. I mean, he's so good right now. Name me somebody else who could run a three fifty five sixteen hundred and then close in fifty four. Mm-hmm. It, it was absurd how dominant he is. And even Henrik, it's, it's he's being obscured a little bit, and he's been the older brother, and he's been you know kind of the third the third of the Ingebrigtsen brothers for the last few years, but he's in, he's in pretty good shape too. He's obviously overshadowed by this 19 year old phenom. Um, I just, man, I, I, I think I, I'll be surprised if, if Jakob doesn't have a gold in either the 15 or the five in the next couple of years. And I know chariot was, he's so great and everything, but it, it really every year Ingebrigtsen in the last three or four years has taken a step up. And I think some of us forget how close he was to a medal. I mean, he went for gold. Maybe maybe if he would have just played for the medals in the 5K instead of going for gold, we'd be talking about him being mm-hmm. a medalist. But he truly went for gold. And, it, you know, it cost him. He basically collapsed at the finish line. But this guy is so, so incredible. And each race seems like a step up. Uh, I, I really do think he's the best 1500 5K runner in the world. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue against that. I think the only person who could be in that same conversation would be Kajelka based on yep. what he did in the yep. mile indoors. Now he's running a whole variety of events and he's not yeah. running many diamond league 1500s. That was mostly mm-hmm. an indoor thing. And then he was five and 10,000, but there's not many people who are doing even last year. You don't even need to look at this performance at the impossible games. Look at what he did last year in Doha being in the mix in both of those races. Now he didn't come away yep. with, any medals afterwards, but it's rare to make it and, and succeed in those two events. And he's doing it right now. I just, he, he's a person who is definitely hurt by them not being in the Olympics this year because he yeah. is a hundred percent rare and, and, and ready to go. I don't know times in a 2000, take it or leave it, but just closing in 54, that is something you can hang your hat on. And it, it, it's we're all going to remember the fact that Inge, Jakob Ingebrigtsen got his peak year, his 19-year-old season, 
cut short and he's going to be the old age of 20 next year <laughs> for the Olympics. He's going to be well past his prime. No, I'm just kidding. So you're saying uh, don't feel bad for him. You're saying don't feel too. too. It's something with Mondo though, right? Done. It's something with yeah, Mondo, same. super young, yeah. but having a, a career year, there's yeah. no guarantee. Just because they're super young doesn't mean they're going to be doing this when they're 25. Yeah. Who do you think is more likely to break a world record next? Do you think it's Chariot in the 1500 or, or Ingebrigtsen in the 1500? I mean, I guess it's easy to say Chariot. You think? Chariot. I, mean, I, I think, yes. think Ingebrigtsen's taken a big step towards him. I, I, I He was relative, He was kind of on the Diamond League circuit, the only guy who was even competitive with him, not in the last lap, but competitive with him at the... Yeah, I guess that's a little revisionist history. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, he was, he was arguably the second best 1500 runner in the world last year, and... I don't know if there was Ingebrigtsen such going a, up another level. Okay. There was such a huge gap though. Let's, okay. let's go back to Doha. There was such a huge yeah, gap yeah. between yeah. Cherry and everybody else. It was a yeah. Kipchoge like, or a, or a Safan Hassan like golf. If you're asking yeah. me if they had the Olympics this year, does Ingebrigtsen have a better chance of gold? Does he have a better chance of upsetting chariot or does he have a better chance of somebody from the pack beating him? Well, clearly it's the latter. Clearly, yeah. some there's there's a lot of people who are in his neck of the woods, whereas Chariot is clear for the moment. I don't know if that's going to be the case in a couple of years anymore, but I still think he has a really, really tough, as everybody does, but he has a tough slog to get a, a gold medal. I mean, the 5,000 is going to be good. It's just going to be good. It's, it's like they're yeah, going to – yeah. you don't need a Chariot-like figure. There's so much depth there with, with Kenya and Ethiopia and obviously with Paul Chalimo and Mohamed, like th th it's going to be a incredibly tough race all the time. And then when you have a figure like Chariot in the 15, it just, you got people in your way, a lot of people in your way. Yeah. I just think of, I don't know. I feel like there's no way this guy doesn't get a medal in the 1505K in Tokyo, or one of those two in Tokyo. I don't know if he just needs to focus on one distance. I don't know, you know, exactly what's best. I guess then that, that, that's not true because it worked out pretty well for him in Doha, making both, both finals and being competitive. But uh, I think he's the best runner in the world right now on the track. Uh, obviously, I, I know distance runner distance events are different. He's not the best 10K runner, but I, I, I think you throw him anything from 1,500 to 5K, he's the best runner in the world right now. I mean, if you had to do some sort of combo Tour de France like stage race, yes, I believe you, but I don't think he's right now. I still, I mean, I think he's well behind Chariot, and the contingent in the 5,000 is formidable. Uh, Sandra Moen in the 25k got a European Big. record. So, I mean, he, he, maybe he's the best runner in the world right now. That, that race was not on during the main broadcast. So we did not get to actually see Sandra mm -hmm. Moen run a ton of laps, just a ton of laps. So that is, uh, it's 50 plus like 62 and a half, 62 and a half mm -hmm. laps. That's a mm -hmm. few. That's a few. He's the yeah. only finisher there. One twelve something. What, what's that per 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 mile? Did you break it down? I, I didn't. I, I did not break it down. I remember something. Moses Mosop after he ran the really fast Boston Marathon went to pre. I remember the that year one. later yeah. or that same one, and he, he did a thirty k on the track, right? But then they got his splits at twenty five, and I think yeah. maybe even twenty twenty five and thirty, and set a whole bunch of records. But I hadn't heard of anybody doing it since then. So yeah. Congrats to look. You got to if you're if there's a meet in Norway in your Norwegian star, they're putting you 
on the bill. You got to figure yeah. out a way into the track somehow. And that's what it was for Sandre Moen. It's just crazy with how small Norway is that Sandre Moen's a fantastic distance runner. He's got some European records and he's like the sixth most popular Norwegian track and field athlete. Like who would have thought that they would just be so like the per capita track and field star for, for Norway is through the roof. They probably have that record. Like every eighth person has done something significant in, in track and field in that country. All right. Who else do you have on your either winners or losers from this meet? Well, obviously Carson Warholm, speaking of Norwegian track stars, that was ridiculous. It's like his stride got even longer than it was before. It's like his pump up jam of yelling was even more intense in a race by himself. He had to scream for the, you know, seven other absent lanes. 3378 is a pretty ridiculous time. It's hard to, you know, translate that to a 400 meter hurdles without kind of distorting it. Cause you could be like that that uh that translates to a sub 46 you know foreign hurdles time it's yeah. not quite that 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 uh doesn't work out quite that way uh there's other factors to be considered but i mean he's in he's in his what you would one would think he's in his routine sub 47 shape the guy's a, a freak of nature and clearly as he showed last year the best you know low hurdler in the world and it was fun to watch him in his element he's an entertainer and, and, you know, mm -hmm. that we can, that's sometimes that's few and far between in track and field. Other people kind of just handle their business, but he's certainly an entertainer. Yeah. He was the perfect head, headliner for this event. And I am going to miss seeing him, you know, battling off Rai Benjamin and Abdurrahman Samba and, in the Olympics this year. And I hope, you know, he's at this level, if not beyond this when we do get to see him in significant competition. You're right. The word entertainer is a perfect way to describe him. He can handle the stage by himself. You can put him out there mm -hmm. like a like a rock star up there, just a microphone and a whole bunch of people around him, and he can carry it with just how good he is, but also the aura that he has around him. Digging into the nitty-gritty here, PJ Vizel, uh on Twitter, who always is great with the splits, he's a, he's a track coach, said that when... Uh, Warholm ran 46.92 in Zurich. He went through at 33.8 for 300. Now, okay. that's two. That's two. Well, that's two curves in a straight, right? Yeah. So this was this was faster, but this was if you could cook up some formula. I mean, he this was not. Uh, he was not in. I don't think he would have run a you know sub 47 in this meet. But considering the fact that. He's by himself, first major competition in a season that is all over the place. It was an impressive showing. He obviously smashed the previous world best time, which I will just say the world record because it's the fastest time anybody has run and the conditions were fair and legal. So I know we talk so much about, you, you know, with hurdlers and people in the know about if you're 12 or 13 stepping for hurdles, does he like nine step? Because his stride, <laughs> I don't remember them being as long as they are. And the announcer yeah. pointed it out. And so, of course, I, I looked at it. And, it, you know, it's been since Doha or, wh or whatever, since I've last seen him compete. Uh, it, it's just crazy. It looks like he's overstriding, yeah. and, and it, but, it, but, it, but it works. And you wonder, like, why can't every hurdler get out as aggressively as he does? Is it a, is it a fear? Is it trying to close well? Because he closes well, and he starts incredibly. It's just yeah. – it, it's – 
it's insane to me. And he he's he attacks the event like he's pissed off at the notion that there's hurdles in the way and that, you know, it 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 he just has the perfect attitude for the event. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. love this current era of 400 hurdles. I know we've talked at ad nauseum about 400 hurdles is the event in the world, but I mean Carson Warholm is the entertainment. I forget about even all the other stars. I know Dalila Muhammad in Sydney, that's a great thing, but Warholm and and recency bias is there, but he is mm-hmm. I think underappreciated how much fun he is to watch. It is yeah. it is a complete joy. Yeah. I think with him, I'm not sure on the step pattern, but he's not a tall gentleman. Rye mm-hmm. Benjamin is tall. Rye Benjamin okay. is tall. So I, I I think long legs, I think that factors in to the to the comfort level. But if you were looking for a performance to get excited again about the 400-meter hurdles, if you had forgotten that it's a marquee event, this was enough to remind you. And it was just one guy running against himself. And as I mentioned in the in the recap, it's like he was perfectly suited for this because he never needs competition. He yeah. frequently races without – he'll go to a meet in Europe where Samba and Benjamin aren't there, and the next best guy is a second and a half behind him, and it's, everything is a, a time trial essentially. And even when he has Samba and Benjamin in the race, he goes out so hard, it's not even like he's using him, Don't which is why I laughed. Yeah. I laughed a bit when it's like, well, why is this a world best and not a world record? Well, you know, the event is not considered a world record eligible, I guess, event, but also because there was only one person in the race and there needs to be three people in the race for it to be record eligible. Oh, because really? Because as we okay. know, yeah, because as you know, the only thing harder than setting a world record is setting a world record by yourself. So why shouldn't that also be a world record? I don't get it. That's a that's a, a rule that does not need to be there in the same vein of relay teams need to have everybody represent the same country for them to count as a world record. We need to we need to make some revisions to this. These are rules for the sake of rules and we can we can we can chop some stuff off there. I mean, if it's just if it's an event at a professional track meet, if the meet organizers it's decide it's yeah. an event, a sanctioned event, just call it a world record. No one, I know we make, you know, claims about this all the time and it's annoying about, is it a world record or world best? And and we worry about our perception outside of the sport, but it is stupid. I mean, just call it a world record. Everyone within the sport knows it's not as valuable as the 400 hurdles. The guy who had the record before, I forget his name, but he wasn't a medalist. You know, he was a good 400 hurdler, but it wasn't like it was Edwin Moses. We know it's not as significant of, of a record. But stop the world record versus world best. If you're going to run 300 meter hurdles, there needs to be a world record for it. And I, I just, I'm tired of the world best crap. It's just, mm-hmm. it's annoying. It's so stupid. Is, is that a world record? And then you get the, you know, the Johnnies on Twitter uh, who say, well, it's, it's a world best. Yeah. Okay. So I, it's just, you know, it's like the dumbest thing. We don't do that in any other. This guy in the Guinness Book of World Best put 70,000 plates on his chin. Well, we know that that size of plates is not an officially Guinness recognized plate diameter. So that's only a, that goes in the Guinness Book of World Best, not Guinness Book of World Records. Stop. That's stupid. It's a, it's a stupid thing. Just recognize the event. If it's, a, if it's a thing that people set up and it's measured right, it's a yeah. record. Like I just, it yeah. doesn't mean he needs, he needs to get a hundred thousand dollar check. That's fine. Save the the world record bonuses for the events that are competed at at championships. But it doesn't. Yeah. St- it's just it's horrible. It's annoying. It's it's dumb. And 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 yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. 
Well, I people always throw back, well, then would you count Kipchoge's Vienna race? But that's totally different because that's those completely are, different. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a that's different. a red herring because there's you can still put rules in place for what governs what a world record is and what a world record isn't, but make those those rules should make sense. And a thing like three people need to be in it as if there's somehow you're at an advantage if only one person is in a race. If Timothy Chariot went out yesterday and ran a 1500 instead of a, a, a 2000 and broke the world record by himself, we should count that. That's the greatest 1500 yes. meter performance of all yes. time. It's, it's harder. Even in the sprints, it's harder when there's fewer people on the track. Track yeah. simple. Let's keep it that way. Keep yeah, track simple. Okay. Totally Let's move on. Who else do you have here? So Warholm winner. Yep. Um, Obviously, I'll, I'll go a little, Ingebrigtsen a little bit. general winner. Yes, of course. Yes, because Philip, although he was third in that 2K, he did run a nice 216-1K about 45 minutes mm -hmm. before. So he had a nice day. I, I'm going to go a, a little bit off the track. Let's let's go to the loser department. Uh, the people with the moving puppets on sticks, uh, those are losers. Ooh. I know you pointed creepy. out to me as creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. Uh, I, and obviously we've seen those before. People, you know, you'll see sometimes like uh kids on the streets with those like dancing it can be kind of cool but uh this didn't work for me i would i was happy to keep with the the cardboard cutouts and the people on rooftops i i didn't need the the uh the what the arm bar uh puppets i just i could have done without yeah. it could have just filled the stadium with cardboard cutouts and i'd have been a fan it was only the first five or six rows in very select yeah. spots i say just get mm -hmm. 20,000 or however many of those bad boys fill it up. How yeah. many times did you check Airbnb to see if you could rent one of those apartments next to Bislett Stadium for next year? You know, I, I didn't, but it, it does look like a nice area. I mean, it, it yeah. definitely, it, Oslo is, it's on my, it's on my bucket list for sure now. Yeah. It had a Wrigley Field vibe with the people mm -hmm. watching from, from afar. That's, that's how I, 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 that's why there I you go. About it. There you go. Yeah, that's that's music to my ears. I'll go. Uh, listen, I hate to just be so optimistic about everything, but I think both Mondo and Renault are winners. The only mm -hmm. loser in the pole vault competition was whoever is getting paid, because I'm assuming he has someone pay him to trim Renault's tree. That thing mm. was in the way on the left side of the bar. It you was. go up. What if he just? What if he veered left and all of a sudden the one of the greatest pole vaulters of all time is somehow stuck in a tree during a competition? Right. If he we knocks a squirrel, happening. if he knocks a squirrel out, but the squirrel goes over the bar, does that count as a clearance? Like I was unclear, <laughs> uh, unclear with that. I think Renault held his own. You know, it's been no secret. Short run up, man. Yeah, the, a short run up. Five eighty one, pretty solid. Uh, he hasn't been the Renault of twenty. You know previous 20 2016 uh, the last mm -hmm. few years and i think that's probably you know he's on the decline of his career which is fine considering he's in his what is he 33 34 um he's been good for a long while but yeah he held his own i mean mondo was rusty as he said was cleared 586 to win i thought mondo based on what we had seen in early 2020 I thought, mm -hmm. ah, there, you know, there's a chance if he's just like a complete maniac right now, he could maybe go for the 614 world record. 
that was never in the cards. Mondo clearly was rusty, and and Renault even competing on Tuesday gave it a run in the uh, imperfect circumstances of jumping at his house on you, like you said, the short runway, and then having the foliage in his way. He kind of had to dodge that to uh, to get his five eighty one clearance. It's pretty good, pretty good clearance for having no season up to this point for Lavillani. It's just odd to see one guy in a pro track stadium and then the other guy vaulting just outside his kitchen. It's just a yeah, weird yeah, visual. Yeah. It, it definitely, it definitely was, you know, the other competitor in the event wasn't nearly as good as those two guys, but he was in the same kit as Mondo. And it was a bit confusing and he had like hmm. a similar haircut. It was just, it, I don't know. It was an optical. It was a challenge. It was a challenge for me, but, uh, yeah, we might the see the Mondo continues. Well, and then we mentioned yesterday about the Sweden Norway dual meet. We might see Mondo heat up because, yeah, yeah, five eighty six is not where he was at during indoor season, but it's not mm-hmm. not a terrible jump, not a terrible jump. No, you could and, definitely win a medal with a five eighty six. So, and now he's back in a stadium vaulting. He's not trying to clear five meters as many times as he can in 30 minutes he's getting closer to resembling a real competition so i will give him the winner label for Mm. yesterday Mm -hmm. along with renault i think think both of them won i mean it was an age-old battle between live mondo and tape delayed renault and now we know how that ends up it's just a it's a classic i mean i know they've tried that in literally no other sport so uh that was unique not sure why they couldn't. Maybe the weather cool. was bad. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm not sure why they couldn't do it live. Maybe it was the weather or something, or it was just a challenge. I mean, I guess as we're finding out, they didn't do the the Kenyan 2K live either. So maybe there was complete technical challenges on everywhere from doing that. But regardless, it, uh, it well, it went off. The pull vault went off pretty well, I thought. Yeah, it sounds good when you're pitching it. Oh, they'll go against each other in real time. But the, yeah. what if some technical technological issue comes up, then you don't have the results. Like you have the stadium in the 2K, then you have the stadium results, but then you have no idea what happened in the other half of the the race. So then you wait and you wait and you wait. That seems like it could be difficult. You can't stop the, you can't hold up the race in the stadium to let the Wi-Fi reset. So no, uh, that's that's definitely true. Yeah. I, I don't All know right. what I don't know what the best situation was there, but I, I think they slightly missed the mark in in, in in the 2K. But yeah, you're at the mercy of technology. You you kind of have to make tough decisions and pre-recording sounds, was probably the Well, it sounds like with the pole vault they were just telling him. So they were telling him, okay, Renault missed or Renault made it. And then he okay. would go. So it it was I don't know if he was watching it, but he was hearing what was happening. Now it happened the day before so you can (laughs) take that for how 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 much of a influence that would have in the competition also how much you want to bet mondo texted him and said come on man yeah yeah i i would imagine that he uh he did that for sure because i mean those guys are close so i i I, you, you he was wanting to know he wrote back 620 lol yeah yeah. <laughs> How bad Probably. do you want your record? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's other winners and losers. What do you got? Other winners and losers. Let me let me I'll think say, through. Okay, go ahead. I mean, 
I'll go Wavelight Technology loser. I had a lot higher expectations for it, and maybe it was, it was it needed to be. They needed more of a contrast in the lighting, so that way yeah. the Wavelight stood out more. Uh, was well, another in, advantage in a... for the Nor- team Norway. They had it, and obviously the Kenyans didn't. I mean, it was just kind of like, why? Why are we making this to where? I know they were going after a European record, but. It's like, do we really yeah. have to flex the fact that this stadium is well-equipped technologically <laughs> and the, the team in Ken- Kenya is, like, dealing with uh, a massive storm? Like, it was just absurd. Yeah. But I, well, they I, had they, it. They, I'm, just, I'm assuming they had it for the 25K, and they had it for the women's 3,000, where Grovedal didn't get the Norwegian record. But you couldn't really see it until you got really, really close. I think you need to, if you're going to do this, you know how NBA – Stadiums have done the thing where they turn off some of the lights in the stadium. The Lakers started it, and now other teams have done it. It just makes the court pop a little bit more. It yeah. makes it look like a stage. I think you'd have to figure out something with that to okay. really get the most out of Wavelight. So I was just—I'm a huge Wavelight fan. Remember that was the event I was most excited about because I wanted to see them <laughs> chase a light around the stadium. Yeah. But like I had—I saw no idea. Did you have any idea what pace Ingebrigtsen was on? based on the lights from watching, or were you just looking at splits? I wasn't because they were going back and forth. No, I was looking at splits Mm -hmm. and because, and that was another thing. It would have been nice if they had like on the screen, like if they could have figured out how how far, like could have had a little running thing about how far each team was into the race. Mm -hmm. That might've been helpful. I mean, that's, that's tough. It's, you know, they, 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 that that's not exactly easy or an accurate science to be like. Oh, it's nineteen hundred meters, nineteen twenty, nineteen twenty-five, nineteen. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a difficult thing to do. But the viewing experience left a little bit to to be exi- desired for sure. And I didn't pay attention to the lights. And then the the three the women's three k with Grovedal didn't did she even finish? It was it was after the the stream mm-hmm. ended, so I didn't even see it. I, I, didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I want to say it was eight thirty. Seven. She missed it by five or six seconds. I okay. Think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, anyways, that's that's fine. You you knew you were probably going to miss on one of those, but yeah, the Wavelight technology. It didn't. I don't think anybody in Silicon Valley is jumping on to invest in it based off of how that meet went yesterday. Perhaps if we if it would have been a little more prominent, we would have a little bit some some seed money going on to the Wavelight technology yeah. and track and field. But as is such, there's still out there hunting for their for their series their series a funding <laughs> the women's 3000 was oh wait you're right oh i thought I'm i sorry. saw she I was looking, at, I was looking yeah. at the her pb was 837 excuse me yes yeah i don't know what her happened. pb was 830 and this is dnf so yeah okay that would have been that would have been tough when you have one person in the race you you have to finish mm, you know. um yeah, yeah. There was there were some two people races like the six hundred. Uh, I think the six hundred in lanes is a winner because nobody knows what pace they're on, and it's just a complete mess. <laughs> and I love it. I I missed that one. Like I said, I watched the I watched the two hundred hurdles where the two the two women did like a fake hug at the end. Uh, mm, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if if maybe not a, just a hair, I don't know tasteless i don't maybe not tasteless but eh, I, I don't know it, i was i was let's be honest i was there to watch warholm and the ingabritsons and mondo what's wrong with fake so hugs it, you want them to really hug the, the whole, no the I, don't so 
I, you, you can't be that close and be social distance, but apparently they've solved it in Norway. I mean, they're having track meets, so I, I don't know. Well, well, I, the whole 600, was that the idea to put them in lanes because of social distancing? But then the, the 2,000, they're right next to each other. There's yeah, people in the stands I, that were sitting right next to each other. I think they just did the lane thing just for fun, just to screw with people, because Selena Bouchelle who's an 800-meter runner, and you'd think, okay, 800-meter runner, she's going to be a little on the cautious side, goes out in 25.9 for the first 200 and looks yeah, like she she's ahead. Yeah, she looks like she's ahead by about 80 meters. And then you think, <laughs> oh, man. So she had the double whammy here. She had the double whammy of she's dying because she went out too fast, and the stagger made her look like she was so far ahead and she's in the outside lane. This is going to turn very quickly, and, mm -hmm. and it did. Uh, in, in that 600. That was just kind of fun to watch from mm -hmm. a sports science perspective. Had a high in from Norway one, 129.06 to 130.10. So Michelle ended up running right at two minute 800 pace, but she went out in 25 point. Mm. So that, that hurts. That hurts. They'll be telling Norwegian legends for generations to come about the time Selena Bouchelle went out too aggressively. It'll be used as a <laughs> as a um, allegory to children to not fly too close to the sun. Uh, one thing that I th was entertained by the discus. Now, most people know I'm not a huge discus guy. Some would be surprised. You know, I never threw the discus. Daniel Stahl <laughs> did end up winning, but when I watched his first throw, he chucked it into the net, which I had never seen someone of his caliber. Maybe that happens more than I realize. But seeing you him, see the world, the world champion, launch it into the yeah. net. I, I I didn't know that. Does that happen regularly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Ham well, ha hammer too. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know specific. Like, I don't have Daniel Stahl's spray chart per se mm -hmm. in front of me right now. But I mean, yeah, that happens quite a bit. The margins are real small there when they're spinning around yeah. and getting it out. But yes, I, that okay. that happens quite often. But yeah, that event Sweden won too over Norway. Bragging rights in that one. Yeah, I think of, a big. It went to it went to chalk on that one. As far as I think, I think Peterson's big, better than yeah, whatever. I was just to say, I think a big win, a big winner was hurdles in general. You had three hurdle events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yep. It's in Scandinavia. Hurt, hurdle group of countries. Hurdle you. So. Hurdle. Hurdle. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't think of a good joke there. It, 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 you know, Warholm brought down the house and everybody kind of set the stage for him and. The cardboard cutouts were just completely invigorated by it. I heard Homer Simpson was just breaking out the donuts in celebration of all that. You know, as a side note, you know, I made my son, ironically, I made my son a couple of cardboard cutouts because we're so bored. And, you know, since you don't shop in the traditional sense, some, some of our basic essentials we've been ordering online. So we just flush with cardboard boxes. Those things aren't easy to make, man. My hand got tired cutting those out of the... the so, I mean, yeah. I don't know how many people they they use to make all those if they if, if that was instead of maybe a project learning about norwegian history in in school they replace that this year with fill <laughs> a quarter of the stadium at bislet stadium with cardboard cutouts with whoever you want to do but it's not an easy thing you think it's just like but you know you know you got to make it look good and then cut that sucker out through thick cardboard it's easier said than done and you got to have those things sit up so i imagine there were some glue or tape situations going mm -hmm. on i'm just wondering how many people how many kids they use to uh 
to make those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Win- winner miss miss uh, Johannes's class in the fourth grade <laughs> class. I was trying to think of a Norwegian name, and I was going to say Johansson, yeah. but I think that's more, more Swedish. So it's more Swedish. Uh, yeah. The three hundred hurdles. Did you watch the women's three hundred hurdles? Because uh, yes, yeah. So Steve Cram, the commentator, was talking about Leah Sprunger of Switzerland and how she was gonna try this aggressive race plan in terms of steps between the hurdles. And then after the right. first hurdle, it was clear it went horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it was it was cool because he brought it up because you don't get that level of. I mean, I'm. I think the nerdier the better with this track stuff because listen, who's tuning into this stream? It's not some random person who stumbles across it. It's people like you and I who want to know the intricacies and the ins and outs. And there's so much to know about track and field. It's not like any other sports. It's 20 sports in one. So even people who follow it all the time miss it. So he brought up the fact that she's going to do only this amount of steps to the first hurdle and then in between steps or in between hurdles, she's going to do this. And then immediately, like she stuttered on the first one, no, that, and, and and it helped to put context into why she struggled. She ended up finishing last. I thought it was and, just and listen, was a good, good good call by him. It was. And I, how many times does that work? Because you always hear, even I, I remember even Rye Benjamin telling you, like, oh, I was trying to twelve step the whole way around, and then I got tired and I had to do thirteens here or something. It's obviously easier said than done, but first race in a long time and you're you're trying something new in in a new event and i i'd be curious to know it could be an underrated feature of how well warholm went yesterday but like does you know it's it's totally different from a flat race in the sense that you have to think of patterns right i mean i know that does Mm -hmm. happen in flat races too but it's obviously more crucial here like how tricky is the off distance for them knowing their steps because the hurdles are at different points i wonder I'm sure that that prompted that for her, for her to try to go to a shorter pattern. And uh, but you can't break routine. I mean, it, it's tough to break your patterns. And then she showed that here. But I, I was, I'd be curious to hear from like Warholm, like how he approached this race relative to a 400 hurdles as far as his steps. I think it was just longer to the first hurdle, and then everything else okay. was the same. Oh, um, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's so, yeah, you, you, you didn't need to change too much. I think she was doing it more because why not? It's the impossible games. This is not the Olympic okay. finals. Let's just do some stuff. It's true. Let's, Although it may like, not be in the biggest meet of the year, but yes, that's sure. Yeah, not the Olympic <laughs> final. Well, she probably moves up to number three all the time. No, just kidding. Uh, Sydney McLaughlin's high school record. I saw Jesse Squire tweet this. Sydney McLaughlin's high school record is in the 38s, and this race was run 39-42. Now, yeah, a Sydney high school, a good. Sydney high school record. Yeah, a Sydney high school record is not the same as a a normal high school record. But just to give you some perspective, in the men's race, though, in the men's three hurdles, we are going to have to have a weird conversation at some point. Like your son, I'm just looking at this now. Thirty eight ninety is Sydney's record. Thirty eight ninety, and Sarah yeah. Slot Peterson ran thirty nine forty two. We we are going to have to have this weird conversation because your son, in a few years when he comes really interested in track maybe he becomes a hurdler right at at uh taylor definitely. high school definitely uh, he's got the <laughs> he's got the combination of speed height and fearlessness that i think will really make him a natural fit but he's gonna look up the all-time list and he's gonna be like dada you know the number one time is a lot faster than the number two time why is that and you're gonna be like well yeah. it all started with a global pandemic 
And he's going to yeah. say, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. I mean, the th- 300 hurdles along with the pole vault, a big, a big winner. It's just getting its, its shine and, and it's got gotten a more appropriate record, but, uh, yeah, you're not going to see any more world. Well, at least in 2020, I know the season's canceled. Maybe, maybe this event is incorporated more in a, you know a one-off meet every well, season. Well, women, we're going to see it in Zurich. Women, we're going to yeah, see it in Zurich. I don't know how many times we're going to see men. We're just used to seeing the 300 hurdles world lead run at the West Virginia State meet. Now it mm-hmm. may actually be run by real professional athletes. I mean, there's a chance we decide to incorporate this event uh, a little bit more probably not well, but i'm looking at the women's record for what muhammad is going to have to tackle and i it's like 38 38 16 right oh 38 16 you have oh right you can look right on here that's right yeah. 38 16 from do you know who has it yeah i i looked this up the other day it was it's has hejnova okay 38 16 so yeah yeah, she could she could get that world I record. Think. I would think not the world best in that in the Zurich meet that's being run in L.A. <laughs> you just it's going to be a long explanation for uh, the youth it's out there much. in twenty years. Yeah. It's too much, and now now we're going to be privy to the fact that they can't. Is it like we'll, we're going to know was this recorded the day before? Was this recorded two days ago? <laughs> Don't lie to us. We will stick Asbel Kiprop onto the case to figure yeah. out the exact timing of the run. Don't lie to us at home, us 74 people who watch the Impossible Games. Recorded by a live studio audience. Just yeah. adding a laugh track, too. I know. That would be great. <laughs> Some yakety sacks there if, if the wind yeah. and the weather are bad like it was before. Uh, I would have. I would have been for that. Do you have any other winners or losers from this meet, Lincoln? Gosh, I feel like we covered everything. Um, was there any? I know there was a shot put. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, I just that was a hundred. Oh, there, there was a hundred. Yeah, one in like 10, 10, 6 or something, or was it ten four? Ten, ten, ten five nine. Yeah, uh, nine. They could they could certainly work on their their short sprints in in the uh, the Nordic countries. That's that's pretty pathetic. They DQ'd a guy for a false start at the Impossible Games. Just let him back in. What are we doing here? That is rough. And let alone the Come guy on. can't even get, get. This is his time. I mean, what in what other point is a guy going to get into a Diamond League adjacent meet? And you you yeah. false start him, and you say that. <clears throat> Speaking of like telling your kids something, it's like, yeah, one time I got in this professional track meet because it was during a global pandemic, got to put on the Norway jersey, and then I false started. Cardboard, cardboard yeah. cutouts were surrounding I was just, me. The pressure was too much. I jumped the gun. It was too much. I was, I was looking at these creepy mannequin puppeteer situations. Did he argue with the officials me. from six feet away? Did he? Yeah, I hope he argued. Mask to go. <laughs> hit, hit him with that I did not move at the impossible games yeah. just lay yeah. down on the track <laughs> sure you need to leave how about yeah. this one how about the women's 10,000 Therese Johog gets a, a PB yeah yep. PB world lead world lead for you there runs you 3140 
pretty good. She's like a yeah. cross country skier as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Inspired by Ben True, the the skier turned <laughs> yes. distance runner. I think everybody's a skier but, in Norway. I think I think that's true. Carson Warholm is also a skier. He did the yeah. hurdle ski hurdles before he did the the ski hurdles. hurdles. They brought literally every celebrity. I think they have. They had the Eurovision song contestant from Norway sing the Norwegian national anthem. Is that who that beginning. was? They, yeah, yeah. They really they really yeah. pulled out all the stops to try to incorporate every single person they they could. So I commend them for the effort. Really, it really was a big good work effort. Trying, trying to get everybody there it was great i mean it it was and you see how how fun that was and you're like why is track and field not more popular well it could be that they probably lost like a hundred thousand dollars on this track (laughs) meet which how much they had to spend to get this going it's just like i at the end it's just so funny because everything you know bringing back sports is so much fun and you think you know the nba it's like everyone's desperate to come back, you know, to make money and to, you know, all the people. And then you just realize like track and field to come back, it requires like goodwill and people willing to, to lose some cash because when you're not filling up the stadium and you're not able to get all the marquee names there, I just can't imagine that that was anything besides a massive financial loser. Fun to watch. I'm grateful for it, but can't imagine it was a, a um, return on the investment. Uh, today, this will probably be over by the time this show posts, but the vault in the drive-in movie theater in Germany, in Dusseldorf, oh, is taking yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, Who's in that? Is it all German guys? Yeah, I remember it's Holds Deppi and oh, two yeah. other people. Remember, you were really excited about, yeah, Bo, Bo Kanda is in there. Uh, of course. Bo Kanda. Yeah. You're... Your theory about this is the year of the pole vault really continues. I, I want to read this Timothy Chariot tweet to you that he posted six hours ago. That 2000, first of all, there's four pictures here. The first picture of them coming out, they had, it looks like smoke. And that, <laughs> did that ever get shown? Pull no. up this tweet. This tweet okay, is hilarious. I, I got to yeah. find Tim. Timothy Chariot. Actually, I'll just. I'll just, let me send this to Alon. Alon, I'm gonna put this in the chat. Can you can you pull this up if I put this in the chat? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this <laughs> to Alon so people can see this too. Because it's I mean it's just they look intimidating for sure. I mean that, yeah, that, that's I know, a cool like, an unfortunate end here about about what came next. And then they have the start. The starter's got a face mask on. Shout out to him. Uh, and then it's just Chariot by himself. I mean he's just. Nobody could stick with him at all. Um, yeah. We'll try to get that up for you guys. If not, just look on Timothy Chariot's Twitter. Anyway, the tweet that I wanted to read, that 2,000 meters was tough. We took this seriously with the three weeks training we had and did our best. Yeah, I, I guess they hadn't been I, – I, I underestimated fitness for this team. I mean, I guess their focus could be on staying healthy. I mean, 503 at 6,000 feet is still pretty stinking good, especially with the conditions. You have to think he would have been pretty, pretty competitive with Inga Britson yeah. had it had he been able to run in the in the same stadium. And you know, he didn't quit, and there it that, is. that's what was good. Oh, we got it up. Ah, there yes. it is. Yeah, that's a pretty cool photo. <laughs> that's pretty cool. If it's they would have great- won, they'd put that on billboards in Nairobi and Eldoret. Like if they yeah. would if they would have emerged victorious. 
the tough part is someone sees that, then the next question is, well, what happened next? And you're like, ah, don't, don't worry about that. Don't pay attention to that. Yeah, you could, uh, you could do, you could definitely do the, uh, the, the, the meme that's been popularized this year. <clears throat> it's my plans colon, and it would be that one. And then 2020 would be one of the next ones. And it would be, I don't know which one, it'd be probably Chariot struggling in this empty stadium by himself to pull his team along. That that makes yeah. for a pretty good team there because they look badass and then it just all went to went to hell with the weather and lack of fitness. Yeah, there you go. That'd be the uh, 2020 view of Tim Chariot. Well, I like it so. because uh, I like it because my plans, everybody's together and then 2020 yeah. separate. Yeah, <laughs> it all, works on works on a bunch of different levels. Yeah. I, I, I never know how people define training, but when he says we were training hard for three weeks, you're like, well, wait, do you mean just like at all? Like you weren't doing anything? Yeah. I never, I never get that ago? either. Yeah. It's like Timothy Chariot has had not run up until <laughs> May since Doha. Yeah. Yeah. He actually he is remarkable. He lost 45 pounds in the last three weeks. It was quite the transformation. Yeah. No, I, I assume they were just doing all base work and then they like, oh, we got to get in a few track workouts. And so, yeah. Um, for yeah. a lot of people, training at the elite level doesn't mean yeah. it yeah. means actually doing hard, specific, focused workouts. Just running yeah, yeah, to yeah. Yeah. maintain fitness does not count. So that way, it confuses the rest of us out there who are like, man, you got really good shit. You just started running four weeks ago. That's just incredible. How long did you take off? Ah, oh, two months. Oh, okay. It's you, you can look back at happier times when it's not raining and uh, see them preparing for this. And it, it just, man, it looks like they were having so much of a better time than uh, than they did yesterday. But they'll be yeah, back. The we, have to do, we have to do a rematch somehow. Maybe mm -hmm. they'll switch locations. Can the yes. Norwegians come to Nairobi and the Kenyans go to Oslo for the rematch? That's only fair. Yeah, let's make this a best three of five scenario. Yeah. And then the, the 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 culminating event is they're in the same place at the same time, and they just are mm. facing off in a real track race. That's how it ends. Maybe best two or three, they get to switch <laughs> spots for the next one, and then the final one is they meet in they meet in in Eugene in October for the pre classic. There it is. If, I just figured it out. If the University of Oregon is okay with it, because we don't know the answer to that just yet. But and, yeah, pending pending <laughs> approval by all important bodies. Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll leave it there. Have a great weekend, everyone. Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Lincoln, thank you. Elon, thank you for producing. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.